Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, you golden gods and goddesses, five-star men and women. This is Rum, Ham, and Wild Cards. My name is Brayden. I'm here with a couple awesome hosts here today. Introduce yourselves, gentlemen. What's up? It's Donnie. Hey, it's Adam. And uh, we are without the dish of the day here today. We're going a little hungry. Oh, I'm very hungry. We're doing some fasting. We are without the dish of the day. He's uh, working on some personal stuff. So, Are we actually supposed to be fasting today or is today not one of those days? Or yesterday? Or As of the day works? we're recording this, this is not the fasting holiday. That one's coming up. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I'm a bad Jew, I know. <laughs> if this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. We are fans of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. We are doing the ultimate podcast for fans of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. We are discussing and debating every single episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia in order, talking about uh, the themes of the show, what makes it funny, all that good stuff. And uh, if this is your not your first time joining us, welcome back. Glad to have you here with us. We got a great episode here for you. We are talking about season two, episode six. We are flying through these episodes, you guys. Feels like we were on season one just the other day. Yeah, it's going by pretty fast. Honestly, yeah. I'm having a lot of fun doing this. It's been pretty fun. We're getting more and more people here in the wildcard crew, uh, letting us know what they think about each episode. We're going to we're going to get to that here in a second. So uh, if this is your first time joining us, or if you still aren't following us, head on over to Twitter and Instagram at alwayssunnypod. Feel free to email us, alwayssunnypod at gmail.com. You can let us know what your favorite episode is, least favorite episode, and whatever else you want to tell us about. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Send us some, some dank memes. And you can, of course, head over to rumham.transistor.fm where you can find all our social media links, all the platforms you can listen to Rumham and Wild Cards on, all that good stuff at rumham.transistor.fm and our subreddit are always sunny pod if Reddit is more your style. If you're on our subreddit, you can also find the list of lists. The whole reason we're here every single episode so far of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia that we have reviewed, uh, ranked up against each other. Last episode, $100 Baby made its way onto the list at number nine out of 12. We only have 12 episodes so far. Looking forward to adding episode 13 here today. Also, a little bit more housekeeping before we get started. We have Ongo Got Blogie and Stickers. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Send us a screenshot of your review, and we will send you an Ongo Gal Blogian sticker. Also, the wildcard crew listener of the episode goes to, uh, I'm going to probably butcher this here, it's Jed, I believe, pronounced G-E-D. I don't know if those are initials, but um, shout out to the listener, Jed, probably butchering his name here. Thanks but, for listening. Yeah, thank you very much for listening to the show. We love you. We also got our YouTube channel coming September 30th in a few short days here, launching our YouTube channel where you can find highlight clips from episodes and a whole bunch of good stuff coming at you September 30th, Rumham and Wildcard's YouTube channel. Our last episode, season two, episode $500 baby, like I said, that was nine out of 12 on the list of lists. 51% of our listeners here thought we uh, didn't give a high enough score for $100 baby. They think $100 baby deserved more love. 39% of you thought that it deserved a lower score than what we gave it. I'm not going to say what we gave the episode. If you want to know the official score, go and listen to the episode, our review of it. And 10% of our listeners agreed with us and think 9 out of 12 on the list is appropriate. 
So follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit for more polls and fun stuff. And let us know what you think of our opinions of Sonny. And let us know your opinions of the best show of all time. Enough boring stuff. Let's get to the, the fun part here. We are talking about season two, episode six, The Gang Gives Back. First part of this episode, we're going to talk lightly, maybe a bit about the themes of the episode more in general. And then in the back end of this show, we are going to actually put our arguments on a scale of one to 10, throw some numbers at each other, do some terrible, terrible math and uh, more of that coming up later. So season two, episode six, The Gang Gives Back, of course, directed by Dan Ateus, July 20th. 2006 is the air date of this episode, written by Charlie Day. There's credits to uh, Robin Glenn on IMDb, but a few other sources I've seen specifically cited only Charlie Day on this episode. So might be the first one we see written or led. The writing room was led by Charlie. So following... Following the arson against Ari the Jewish man in the Gango's Jihad, Dennis, D, and Mac get sentenced to community service. This isn't fair. You accidentally burn down a building and you get 120 hours of community service? Now, this says that I gotta work with kids. Yeah, me too. Now, I don't like kids. I don't wanna work with kids. Well, I just don't have time for this. I have 248 hours of, uh. Interstate. Interstate. Sanitation. 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 Well, what is that? What is that? Charlie is also required to attend AA, even though he thinks he's not an alcoholic, of course. Uh, I'm not an alcoholic, actually. Yeah, I'm only here because I, I got a little drunk and I threw a flaming bag of feces into a building and I kind of burnt it down a little bit, you know. But I wasn't, I wasn't trying to burn it down. I was trying to make the place smell real bad and get rid of, get rid of this guy. So this guy knows what I'm talking about. Look, uh, Charlie. The first step to recovery is simply admitting that you have a problem. I'm not an alcoholic, so it's cool. He was drinking a beer when he oh came my in. Dude, oh, dude, how are you gonna... Really? <sighs> Meanwhile, Frank is turning patties into the hottest new Vietnamese casino, and he brings the gambling action to an elementary school where Dennis, D, and Mac are getting kids to play what is uh, essentially prison rules basketball against each other. We are going to school your sorry-ass team. Want to make it interesting? Uh, Dad, you don't want to do that, okay? Our kids are terrible. Now that's what a vet coach would say. 100 bucks says we win. You're on. I'm going to coach the shit out of this team. Well, assistant coach. Let's so. make it 200. How about five, bitch? What are you doing? You scared? You want to quit? You can back out. Because I can coach this team better than you or Dennis or Dad or any other goddamn man any day of the week. <laughs> that's it. Gambling. <laughs> when you say it out loud like that, this episode sounds crazy. Yeah. It sounds crazy, but um, in my opinion, I think there could have been a bit more uh, humor gone in this episode. So let's dive into it here. I, I'm enjoying this episode in the way that the end is freaking hysterical. And the characters are there. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. It doesn't really do it for me for like the first 70% of the episode. What do you guys think of The Gang Gives Back? I like the buildup. I liked seeing them... Um, I guess discuss why they're there. I love seeing them set up there. The because the reason you love the end so much is because you see them training the kids like to be the ruthless players that they that they will be. Mm-hmm. And so what I love about this episode is watching the coaches Mac and Dennis and D training these kids to be ruthless warriors. And then we finally see that pay off in the end. So that's why I think the beginning of the episode 
the when it you know it sets it up for that big payoff. I think it's worth it. I think it's really fun and enjoyable. Because none of them really ever admit their faults or why they're in that position in this episode. It's always sunny with them. Which, well, yeah, we'll get to the continuity here in a second. Talking about um, the gang goes jihad and how it relates to this, obviously. But uh, even in the beginning, you know, they're talking about they were just trying to make the place smell bad. They weren't, you know, trying to set the place on fire, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like they, they justify it in their own heads. Yeah. It's always sunny. Yeah. What I, do you think, Donnie? I think this is one of the just stereotypic classic it's always sunny episodes when you think of each Ooh. character just being themselves every character is just themselves charlie from the beginning being the illiterate and just not understanding even how much his drinks cost like you can just look at a menu and know how much your drinks are why would you order seven <laughs> seven mimosas or whatever for eight dollars hey we all got and that one asshole friend though yeah and then even just uh the back to what you were saying like just narcissistic of the, mm-hmm. all of them is like instead of even them just trying to pay their own portion of the bill they're like well we can't cover any of like we can't cover all of it. it's like we're just gonna dine and dash and run out it's like even from the beginning uh scene to what you said of like your favorite at the end i just thought that this was a classic it's always sunny episode i i agree um it's definitely i think uh average or a little bit above average for um what i would consider like an average episode but I really like the cold opening in this episode because the way, you know, it's ob- they, they leave, they, they dine and dash, and then it cuts to the gang gives back. So they essentially steal, and then they're going to give back. It's like they it's like they can still do good stuff, but they will never fix themselves. They will never understand what they do is wrong. Yeah, and the entire time that they're, quote-unquote, giving back, they're turning it into gambling, making money for ourselves. Mm-hmm. How do we make mm-hmm. our teams the best? How do I become yeah. the best coach? Like it was never really about giving back ever. It's still about them. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's just not that they volu- not that they voluntarily chose to give back. Like it was an involuntary thing because right. they're doing community service, but they still. somehow turned community service a way that f- they were somehow forced to give back, and they still managed to make it about themselves. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, that's just that's classic. Mm-hmm. Yes, textbook narcissism. The opening scene while we're on it here. Uh, Mac literally says right before they dash, he goes, can't we just pay a fine instead of doing this? Mm-hmm. They want to pay a fine, but they won't pay a bill at a restaurant. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So I think technically speaking, this episode is funny from beginning to end in yeah. the way that the beginning makes me laugh and the end. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Oh, it had me on the floor almost the first yeah. time I rewatched this for, for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just wish that last five minutes of energy matched the beginning 20. It was the same thing with Million Dollar Baby, I felt. Um, except to mm-hmm. a much greater extent for Million Dollar Baby or Hundred Dollar Baby. I apologize. Um, but <laughs> the difference between like this episode and the last one we watched was that I was definitely laughing from beginning to end. But Hundred Dollar Baby, I wasn't as much. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, I, I just didn't like $100 Baby as much as yeah. I like this one. $100 oh, Baby yeah. wasn't able to get the same reaction out of me even once in that episode. Yeah. Um, and now looking at how the other episodes compare on my personal list of lists, it's, yeah, I, I at least got one genuinely good reaction out of this. So I agree with Donnie's comment that it's classic in the way that we see continuity in the characters we're seeing continuity in the story um but as far as it's always sunny in philadelphia episodes go i don't know if i'd call it classic 
it's classic in certain aspects, but the episode itself I don't think is classic. Yeah, what, well, what made that stand out to me personally is this is the first It's Always Sunny episode I saw, or if not the first, like the first or second. Oh, and I, I've is. seen it, but listen, no, no, it's weird because I saw this episode and I did not like it at all. Oh, I didn't watch It's Always Sunny for a few years after this, and I didn't like it. No shit. Yeah. So, like, growing on it, now like now knowing the characters and knowing the show and understanding all of them, I love this episode. And the more I watch it, the funnier it gets. So, I think that's what makes it, like, a true It's Always Sunny episode because I didn't like it until I really knew It's Always Sunny and knew the characters and understood the entire, like, outline of the show that's basically. how i felt about mac bangs dennis's mom it's <clears throat> yeah. it's an average episode but when you really understand these characters after you've really watched a f- at least a couple seasons a few seasons it's a much better episode yeah and this episode just like i said the more i watch it like it just gets funnier and funnier every time like if we did this podcast again in two or three weeks and yeah. for the same episode my score might go up another point hmm like really? just like every time I watch this episode, like it just gets funnier. So I just it, think every character is just themselves as, as classic as it gets. So it's got staying power. Yeah, we should definitely like because like I said that into yeah. our our um, discussions like yeah. staying power. Well, for I think episode. it's important with this show. A lot of times, a lot of things. The more you watch it, just the less interested you get, or the less funny it gets. Mm. And I think this is one of the few shows that there are just so many episodes that they either get funnier every time. Or just they don't lose value. Right. All right. Like, Wildcard crew, you guys got to hold Donnie to this. When we come back and do our season two review and we look over the whole season, if he doesn't raise a score for this episode, <laughs> there's something wrong here. It's Conspiracy. interesting. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about, <laughs> sorry, we got derailed from, from it, but I want to bring it back to the gang dealing in absolutes where uh, as far as like the bill goes, we can't pay all of it. So we're not going to pay any of it. You know, uh, we we can't teach the kids basketball at all. So we're just not going to teach them basketball. We're going to teach them how to fight because teaching them the actual skills, putting in the actual effort is too much. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pull kind of a Star Wars quote and go, you know, the gang deals in absolutes. Oh, yes. Only the <laughs> Sith deals in absolutes. Oh, the gang yeah. is the Sith. Oh, I've been on such a Star Wars binge this past pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> this past pandemic as opposed to the last one. I have a question. Um, what was your guys' favorite part of this episode? Is there anything in particular you guys like, like stood out to you as like your favorite part? Um, I mean, if you want to get super specific, when Charlie chucks the basketball yes. off the rim. Yes. That's and it was funny say. because I know you guys came over and we rewatched the episode. Or you guys were re-watching it, uh, and I was watching football. But I just rewatched it an hour. <laughs> I watched it like an hour before you guys got here. And the exact moment that you guys started breaking out laughing was the same time that I did too. And I was sitting by myself, and I was I was in tears laughing when Charlie does that every single time. And uh, I ended up, I wanted to look up what, uh, what is Frank yell? Roy Bin? Bin Roy. Bin Roy. Ben, oh, Benroy. Ben Roy. He yells Benroy. And so I looked that up and like someone I, someone on the Reddit said that it means uh, like I already know that or something like that. So like he basically was just dismissing him like, yeah, I know. I know. Like, go away. I don't know how true that is, but I saw it on the Reddit. That sounds about right for Frank. Yeah. But then there was even a comment seven years ago and someone said the same thing. They're like, this episode is one of my favorites. Right when Charlie comes on and he's the ref drunk and blowing the whistle and calling technicals and mm-hmm. just being reckless. Like even someone else was like, that just puts me in tears every single time. So we know the show has the capability to go to 10 because that <laughs> yeah. scene I was going to literally say the exact same shot, not even the scene where the kids are all fighting that exact long shot where he runs across (laughs) and then he runs back and blocks the (laughs) shot. It's 
hilarious. I'm just convinced yeah. that Charlie Day is probably one of the funniest people on earth now because he's just oh yeah naturally funny when he screams at Frank. Let's play some ball. It's yeah. not like a funny line, but damn the delivery gets me. I have a question about that scene, and Braden, you might know the answer, you might not. But do you know if that's if they they just told everyone to go wild on that scene, and like it was kind of improv what Charlie did, or if it was like actually there was direction to it? I, I'd kill to hear the commentary yeah. on this episode. Honestly, I wonder I how would... the director was like and fight, steal a ball, just like. Well, you can kind of see like the kids like um, in some of the shots, like what they're doing, like they're, they're directing them to like you know elbow or whatever, and you can see them telegraph some like shots i'm pretty sure one of the kids like looks at the camera straight up or a couple points in this episode i noticed some kids looking at the camera but what are you gonna do about stupid kid actors they're not even wearing shoes i know that (laughs) i noticed in it's always sunny a lot of the characters sometimes do stare into the camera charlie's done done it before do you think that's just early on or do you think you know later or do you think in certain situations, that's on purpose? Or you just think they get caught up and... Well, not like they know it's a camera, but just like, you I know, knew. the directors were like, I don't know, like the character's looking at uh, at another character. I'm going to need an example them. here. Because okay, I'll find one. If, if you're saying like stare, yeah. I'm imagining like in the office where no, they're not supposed like that. to be acknowledging the documentary. No, not acknowledging it. As in like like the person they're looking at, like the other person in the scene, they oh, use like the camera. the shoulder shot or yeah, something? Yeah, oh, and yeah. It, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's probably unintentional. But you meant like the kids like just were shitty kid actors and Oh, absolutely. I think camera. kids yeah. Like they were looking for direction yeah. almost, like what are we supposed to be doing? Yeah, well no, there's like one shot specifically I'm thinking of where Dee's wearing the pantsuit. She comes out in the pantsuit for the first time and uh they cut to a shot where like there's the kids are in between Mac and D mm-hmm. and you can just kind of see one of the kids in the corner just looking right at the camera. So that's what I'm talking about. I have I, a friend who she doesn't like watch movies with kids in it because she hates kid actors so much. I've been finding them more and more insufferable, honestly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think there's obviously like certain like the famous kid actors. I don't even know. Like Dakota Fanning. Movies, she was like, awesome. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yes. <laughs> Little Miss Sunshine. No, that was Abigail Breslin. Her too. Both of them. They can <laughs> do no wrong, in my opinion. So back to Donnie's classic comment. I wrote down that uh, in my notes that there's a lot of ingredients that we've mentioned in previous episodes that make It's Always Sunny episodes good, but I'm really hard-pressed to call this episode good. I am want to just call it average, uh, you know, of course, with the exception of the end, because we got the gang interacting with professionals, which we've, you know, pointed out in the past is always hilarious. Gang interacting with kids, freaking amazing, hysterical. Each character is nearly at a 10 out of 10. We've discussed what is the difference between like an eight or nine character versus a 10 is that oomph. Um, And the jokes in this episode are all present, but I just, it doesn't get me laughing as much. They're just not as good of jokes. I think I definitely, I, I, I would say it is average. I agree. I wouldn't say it's like great. Definitely an average episode. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, this is no. This one is definitely one of those just super interesting episodes because, like I said, I don't think it was just pure jokes and like if, like I said, if you don't really love It's Always Sunny and you don't understand all the characters, there wasn't just that many like raw jokes or this just like, really pure, looks like messed up people. Yeah, doing a messed up thing. Yeah, and more it, it's more funny just knowing like like Charlie and the waitresses situation. Mm-hmm. Like even especially like outside of the show, just knowing how much they don't 
like or like that they're married and that obviously she doesn't want to be with him and then we just know that she's still only using him or even in the show Dennis. yeah yes, even, or in, even the in the show yeah. charlie wants the waitress waitress wants dennis and out of the show of course yeah so adds. i just think this one has just so much more value for like people that just love the show and to me that that's just the type of it's always sunny episodes that get me the best does charlie write the episodes where the waitress chases dennis and Charlie ch- chases the waitress. He's had writing credits on a handful of the past ones that we've reviewed. But I'm not sure if he did this one by himself. I'm not sure. Okay. And I know we can dive deeper into this later when we actually talk about our scores. But I do think this is one of the episodes that almost has three stories. Do we want to save that for later? Do you want me to bring up the three that I think uh, kind of exist right now? I think we can touch on it later here okay. because I also want a minute to think on this here because I'm trying to think of what you're about to say. Because it's, I mean, I guess you could almost call it one or two of them like a short story, but like there's still almost three different plots and storylines going on at the same time. The AA. And yeah, let's just go through it. Tell, yeah. tell us here. We to got me, the yeah, AA. So I got, well, I put, uh, uh, where is it? Basketball. So obviously, the, yeah, the basketball, the entire thing, the community service is a whole, like them mm-hmm. having to volunteer and do all that. Uh, Frank's gambling scheme, like the entire yeah. time he has a gambling plot and he fixed the game and he did all that. And then the Vietnamese casino at the bar mm-hmm. and then, uh, Charlie and the waitress, like the waitress's plot to get with Dennis. Yeah. That's, almost a like a, that's like almost like a short story. I would say yeah. within the three, but like that's almost three little plots and storylines going on. Well, every character in this episode has something to do. Yeah. That's why it's not yes. boring. And that's why like we can feel that it's we can feel the energy of the episode. That's you know, why. Other episodes, not every character has something to do. And that's why I don't always give it give the characters the best score. And now if the characters have something to do and it pertains to their actual like quirks or their personality and their actual character in the show, then I usually give I, I usually relate that to um the fact that every character has something to do. And there's mm-hmm. something for us to watch and something for us to latch on to. The episode, like, $100 Baby, like, everyone had something to do, but I felt like it was just, it was like too many people were doing one thing at once. You like it when... Um, I like you. I like it when they each have, like, their own individual thought and then they, like, converge sometime in the middle of the episode or, like, in this case, at the end of the episode when Charlie ended up being the referee at random, you know, for random reasons. And I love that. Which, again, when he um, shows up drunk, he is once again blaming that on the waitress, breaking, yeah. quote unquote, breaking up with him, his sponsor breaking up with him. Well, to be fair, like if your sponsor breaks up with you and says, I'm only your sponsor so I can have sex with your best friend. I mean, I, I, I drink, too. I'd go back. I get back on the wagon. <laughs> All aboard. There's the lesson. If your life is bad enough, maybe you just should drink. Yeah. Um, speaking of drinking, I think it's funny that charlie's aa experience or it's it was funny in the way that he walks in and they immediately point him out and it's not anonymous i've never been to aa never been to narcotics anonymous (laughs) any of those uh i don't think they point you out right as soon as you walk in the room do they i don't think they're supposed to shame you i think it's the opposite like, I don't think if someone in AA would be like, I saw him drinking a beer on the way yeah, in. Yeah, no, that guy definitely called him out. Um, I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't call it abnormal necessarily. Granted, I've never been to AA meetings. I don't know for sure. But um, I would assume if someone walked in late and whatever, you kind of, I would assume that they didn't want to be there. They were nervous. They had second guesses, whatever. So I'm sure the teacher was trying to just, or I don't know what they call the instructor, the leader, 
But um, I'm sure he was just trying to like make him feel included and be like, the lead oh, we got our buddy here. Like, Excuse you me. feel safe here. And like, obviously, Charlie didn't want to be recognized. He didn't want to feel welcome there. He didn't care. He was there because he had to be. Welcome to AA 101. Yeah. But yeah, if someone's there to get help, I'm sure you're trying to like make him feel included and try and like get him in. But yeah, the dude that called him out, that's that, that, was, that was shady. Super shady. The only AA I would go to would be led by Dr. Mantis Toboggan. One of my other <laughs> Jesus. One of my other favorite uh little small things from that scene is uh right before the waitress comes up and talk to Charlie, Charlie's like at the snack table, like putting brownies in his pockets or something like that. Oh my god. He's like goodness. off the snack table, like just stealing some food and putting it in his jacket pocket. It's the it little so thing. Yeah, okay. yeah. That made me laugh too. I didn't notice. All right, I was I was like getting worried here for a second about this score that I'm about to give in the back end, but it's the little things like that. Donnie's pointing out <laughs> that I'm I'm on the right path, I think, with the thought process on this. Couple firsts here in the episode. Uh, the first time we see Mac wear suburban riot clothing, which if you're unfamiliar, uh, Mac's shirt that usually says riot when we get to later episodes in the show. Less seasoned uh, viewers don't know this really yet, but. Uh, just wears a black shirt that says Riot. Uh, Suburban Riot is the clothing line that he's rocking. I'm pretty sure Rob McElhenney has a, has a connection to the uh, the owners of that. And is this the first uh, bird joke we get shot at D? Is this the first time someone makes a bird joke? You look like Big Bird. Maybe. Was that the first bird I joke? I think that's the first bird joke in this episode. I wish I would have known that because I realized like I'm, I laughed at it being a bird joke, but I didn't necessarily know that that might have been the first mm -hmm. i was thinking of other firsts i was thinking of is this the first time we heard that frank was in vietnam yeah they bring that up a couple more times i'm pretty sure later this season they talk about it again and mm -hmm. we find out about his sweatshop escapade spoiler alert speaking of d uh her yellow pantsuit uh we did a little bit of research here we found out that's supposed to be a parody of pat summit legendary basketball coach who at her at the time of her retirement had the most wins in mm. history. So fun there. I love it when they do just little things like that with It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where even if you don't get why, you know, someone's dressed or doing the thing they are, it's it's still silly in the show. But then when you know the history of it, like you understand she's parroting Pat Summit, mm -hmm. it's even funnier. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that name. Um, she was definitely a famous coach. I don't know much about her, but thanks for telling me. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I, I always remember the the yellow um, pants suit what Dee was wearing. I always remember that being a very iconic. It's always sunny outfit in the earlier seasons. Who else wears it? Yeah, exactly. Oh, it, oh, oh! Yeah. Like you're just saying that one instance. That's yeah. I totally forgot about it. This reminds me of... Oh, my bad. I don't think Charlie's is a pantsuit, but Dayman is definitely an all-yellow suit. Yeah, I think he just means like the man. costume from the season in general. Yeah, Not necessarily yeah, yeah. if someone repeats it. Because there was death... Because like, there was um, a DVD cover for one of the seasons. I forget which one. Could have been five when they were all wearing yellow jackets and yellow everything. Mm -hmm. This reminds me of um, Wolf Cola. Public relations nightmare when they're supposed to be, I think it's like John Podesta or something like that. They're supposed to, and Hillary Clinton or, I don't know. It's, it's way later. It's seasons later. Let's not worry about that. What we will worry about is our argument. When we come back from this break here, we are going to be arguing some more with each other about season two, episode six, talking about uh, what we think of the story and characters and quotes and all that good stuff. 
Uh, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about season two, episode six. The gang gives back. Brayden hanging out here with Donnie and Adam. Like I said, we talked a little more uh, about this episode in the beginning, a little generally. So now we are going to get specific with it. If this is your first time joining us, uh, we have some categories here. We're not going about this for no reason. We have reason and reason will prevail. Reason will prevail. We have five categories that we are going to talk about. The story, character, quotes, overall humor, and wild card of season two, episode six. The gang gives back. We are going to give up to 10 points for each category for a whopping total of 150 points possible between the three of us sitting here at this table. And if you're thinking to yourself, whoa, 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 hold on a sec, where's the dish of the day? He will be back, and we're going to do a jabroni talk in which the dish of the day will give us all his sultry, savory scores for this episode and uh, any episodes he might be missing. So we'll get that caught up. We'll throw it on the list. Don't you worry. We're focusing on the three of us today. Let's start out with the story of this episode. Donnie, I'm going to let you lead it off because you were talking about the three story arcs that were in this episode. Oh, yeah. Um, I almost, 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 almost gave this a 10 for the story. Um, I definitely think there are, are better storylines and It's Always Sunny that have two or three storylines and have a, an insane twist at the end, the good old wraparound that our Dish of the Day loves. Um, but I did give this a 9. Uh, I think that, like I said, there was three stories. I loved them all. And, uh, yeah. It's respectable. What do you think? What'd you think of it, Adam? Again, um, again, I thought this was average, maybe a little bit above average compared to last episode. Um, I didn't really think about that. There were three stories in this episode until you brought it up. And that definitely, um, you know, impacts my score. Um, I thought it was excellent. I thought the way it started, I thought that the way it was built up and I thought the way that the entire episode came together and ended and how just randomly like Charlie inserted himself into the basketball court um, to, you know, mess with, you know, to get, you know, because he was wasted and to mess with Dennis and all that stuff. Um, I think this story, I'm giving it a 7.5, a little bit above average, not quite a full uh, 10, not quite your nine, but it was up there. I'm going to go half a point lower, say seven out of 10 for the story. Uh, like I said in the first half of this episode, uh, I think as far as continuity and setting up classic sunny characters goes, it's a very above average story. But I think as far as stories that fit in jokes and stories that are in themselves humorous, um, it's, it's probably average at best. I think kind of predictable. The, here's the thing. The Dish of the Day a few episodes ago when we were talking about humor, he said, if I can think of better jokes in my head or if I can think of something I want more from this episode in my head, I can't really give it a good score. Okay. I, I know 7 out of 10 is a good score here, but remember, we're going off the United States C70% average. So I was, I was thinking to myself, you know, why didn't they include the Vietnamese guys more? Like that would have been way funnier if they used Frank's casino, if the kids had somehow ended up at the bar or something like that. I don't, I don't know. I feel like there's maybe some missed opportunities in this story. I have to look into it a little bit, but how soon does the Vietnamese like bar in the bar 
keep happening, like the gambling. Because they, or was that was that last episode? They do that a lot throughout the show. Because there's there's a couple much. times I feel like that's just something that's more of a setup to to play on throughout the entire show. Like mm-hmm. like Adam says, like it does happen a few different times. So like I, I think that in certain situations they do use it more. Um, I think that they kind of were just using them just at the end to to use Frank's plot of rigging the game and fixing it. And then, yeah, they were just kind of like the gamblers of that situation. Like they were just kind of there because they had to be to, to help Frank's plan. Well, like on the one hand, I want them in the story more. Yeah. To interact with people more. But on the other hand, just kind of having this group of Vietnamese guys smoking and handing each other money off in the background of the whole episode. That's pretty funny. Yeah. So I'm, I, that, that's what I think. And I, I disagree with you that I wanted more from them. I like, I like that they're off to the side because it doesn't really offer, you don't have to like look at them too much. You know, you don't have to think about them too much, but they're still there in the back of your head. Like, oh, they're still there. And it's like still a funny image. It's still like, what is going on? Like, no one knows the history of them. I love when random stuff and unanswered things are in comedy shows and movies. Cause like, we don't need to like in dramas and action movies, everyone wants an answer to everything. Mm-hmm. I love that about comedies. It's like, just accept it. There's no answer to everything. This is absurd. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I agree. Like, obviously I think if they used the Vietnamese casino and like turned it into a bar thing more, it would have probably been hilarious and they would have done a great job. But yeah, I do think I kind of like them better. It's kind of just like that mysterious background type people where mm-hmm. like they just show up and gamble and then they're just smoking in the, the school gym at some community event or whatever on Sunday. And like, yeah, and just no one questions it. They're kind of just there and just doing their thing. It's mm-hmm. like at the end of Mac bangs Dennis's mom when D says to Charlie, how did you know that uh, Dennis wasn't going to get with your mom or something like that? And yeah. he just goes, oh, I, I, I didn't. He yeah. just completely overlooked it. And it's, that's funny because the, the writers literally wrote that in because they didn't think about it and they realized the plot hole. But it's also, a, is to Adam's point, you don't need to have a reason. It's part of the absurdism, you mm-hmm. know? And a kid stabs another kid in the back with a paperclip mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> what a safety pin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, there was a YouTube channel and it still exists. It's called Vsauce. And mm-hmm. I, I love this channel. Go check it out if you guys can. But he did an episode on humor and like why people laugh. And essentially what he was saying was that like people laugh because um, of things subverting your expectations. And you're you're essentially learning something new for the first time. And that's why I think that, you know, giving answers to everything in like comedies really kind of takes the cop takes the joke away sometimes. Yeah. Sitting down and explaining why a show is yeah. funny and ranking the episodes it's against each other. Awful. A bad idea. Putting it Trash. on a scale of one to 10. Who the hell would do something like that? Talking about it is different, but you know, giving it, an <laughs> <laughs> giving an answer to like every single thing in an episode. I don't think, I don't think we need that. You don't need an answer. Yeah. But in, you, you said you gave it a seven for the story. I gave it a mm-hmm. 7.5. One, half point above because I like the con- continuity of it. I like that this is coming back from when they burned down uh, the uh, the Israeli man's um, building. Mm-hmm. I love that. I didn't even consider that until like we were doing this podcast. I didn't notice it when we were watching the episode. Well, I'm watching it on the DVDs uh, and sometimes Hulu and on the DVDs, it's, it's in the quote-unquote right order. This comes after the gang goes jihad. It was supposed to air after the gang goes jihad. It was not right. aired after the gang goes jihad, which now we also know was after um, Mac Bangs Dennis's mom. So there's a couple problems 
there's it sets up, but there's also a problem with continuity. They don't acknowledge the fact that Frank and the waitress got together in this episode. Ah, Frank it, straight up says to Dennis at one point, uh, getting with your friends, girlfriends is wrong. But that adds on to their narcissistic tendencies because like they have no idea the people they interact with. They only care about themselves. It's like, but, but did they do that on purpose real quick? Because like you said, that episode was supposed to be before. That sounds Frank. like a network decision. Network that, Networks can have the power to move it around however they want. Actually, I'm pretty sure a few episodes back we were no, talking but, but about how it was how these episodes were aired out of order. But that's one. what I'm saying is that joke I think that you said that Frank makes would be funnier because I think they purposely made him have that line knowing he was about to bang the waitress. <sighs> that's what I'm saying. So that joke is funny just on in and of itself, but like yeah. they set that up knowing that he was about to go ahead and just do it anyway. All right, I, I see you. I yeah, see which is which is hilarious also. Well, it sounds like we're moving into the characters here. So let's jump into the characters section. I gave a 8 out of 10 for the characters in this episode. For, um, I don't know, uh, I feel basically the same as I do about the story where it's like, I don't want to say basic, but uh, classic to some degree. I'm convinced that just Charlie Day is one of the funniest people in, in the world just naturally. Yeah. Even if the joke isn't funny, his acting makes it funny. And I like that we're starting to see more depth with the waitress, you know, her alcoholism and her faults and how she's susceptible to the gang. And I also want to introduce this idea to you guys. I'm going to probably talk more about here on this show. The idea of a quote unquote normal person or a normal character being in the show. And when I say a normal person interacting with the gang, I mean someone who acknowledges what they're doing is wrong or tries to stop them from doing it or like calls them out on it. The and guy the guy at the basketball, like setting up the community service, you mean someone like that? Someone like that. I guess technically uh Rickety Cricket at first. Yeah. When we meet him as Matthew oh, yeah. Marr, or even the waitress too. I would give a caveat to that because what you said is true, but I would also add that a normal person is someone who doesn't also fall into whatever trap or whatever disaster was created by it's always sunny. Like, I mean, it is fun watching them, like, fall, like, like a normal person, like, getting, like, f- falling into their trap or getting destroyed by them or ruined by them. But then they essentially turn into an It's Always Sunny recurring character once they, once the gang breaks them. You ever think about that? I like, I like, I like it, like, it's hard to, to decide what's a normal character in this show because everyone that's normal becomes, like, <laughs> corrupted. Well, I don't think there's any normal characters. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, I mean, like just a super small example would be Max, the guy in charge of the community service. Like, he's even like always a bunch of clowns, and like I'm gonna split you two up. Like when Dennis and Mac were like, "Oh, we'll coach a team yeah. together." Like, let's go, and they fist bump, and he's like, "I'm gonna split you guys up." Like, I love, just stuff like that where they just don't let their shit fly. Let me draw two parallels for you guys here. We got we got Matthew Mara, aka Rickety Cricket, and then we got the waitress who, when we meet them in the beginning call out the gang on their stuff realize what the gang is doing is wrong do not want to be a part of the gang's antics they buckle under it but we'll talk about that here in a second then you have other characters like ben the soldier gail the snail who are who never point out what what's wrong with the gang i get you know he calls dean a mean person yeah once or twice yeah <laughs> but but all in all they they don't ever they don't participate in the shenanigans, yeah. but they're not against it. Right. They're not they're not anti-gang, but they're not pro-gang. They're bystanders. <laughs> they're, yeah. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. So more of like the re- reoccurring characters. Yeah, I don't know. I guess that's a good point, Adam. What What is normal? I don't know. Eight out of ten for the characters. What'd you guys give it? Uh, I gave it a nine. Like I said, I think Ooh. this was classic. I could have almost given this one a ten too, but I think that once again, there are certain episodes where you're just like, "This is Charlie. This this is the gang, hands down, no matter what." Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think from front to back, Charlie scheming and plotting, but still being illiterate and not ahead. Mm-hmm. The rivalry between Dennis and or uh, Mac and Mac and D trying to be the head coaches, fighting against each other. Dennis trying to prove it. Dennis fighting with Frank, trying to be the best on themselves. Like it was just, I loved all of them. I agree. I'm I'm gonna have to agree with Braden here. Um, I'm giving it an eight as well. Uh, I originally gave it a seven, but after talking to you guys throughout this episode, I definitely had to raise that up. Um, first of all, we have you know Big Bird. You know she's mm-hmm. a bird now. Yeah. Um, Frank, you know we knew we know about his past a little bit more in Vietnam or not. Um, uh, Charlie's uh, illiteracy comes up it, it flares up so much this episode I love it we see the waitress she's one of my favorite recurring characters in any television show in general um, and we see that she's an alcoholic in this episode um, uh, we learn so much about all of these characters and not only that but their characters add to the humor in such a great way point in case Charlie Kelly when he's the ref that alone is just I love it so much yeah, it's so funny. That's cranked up to ten. Yeah. So yeah, with all all those combined, I had to give this an eight. Not a perfect ten because we're still not there yet for what I would love it to be. What yeah. I want the characters to be, but yeah, a solid eight for characters. I didn't take any points away from this. I just have a question. Why the why the hell is Dennis constantly carrying cups of coffee in this season? He's he's carrying around his coffee when they're at the underground fight club in in the previous episode. He's, he's carrying around his coffee cup in this gym. Maybe because he banged the waitress who was a coffee uh, barista, and he, he takes on personalities of people he fucked. Ooh, he's like the creature from the Black Lagoon or the Changeling, <laughs> but he just changes to whoever he had. Creature from downtown, it's always, or Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the name of the city was the show for a second. That's how, <laughs> that's how important this show is to me. It is that important. Dude, can you believe they built a whole city based around this show? Yes. Freaking wild. Okay, well, I at least am now going to go back and rewatch a lot of the season and by next recording session figure out why Dennis has coffee all the time. Because I have no idea. This is the first time I'm even being aware like of Like I said, but... it didn't take a point away. No, yeah, but it, it, might, it might mean something. I really think it might. If, it, if it's that obvious where he really has coffee that much, I feel like it has to mean something. Okay, because they're fucking geniuses. That. I'm sorry. They're geniuses. Everything's yeah. everything that you're seeing on the screen in a television show is there because someone placed it there. Mm-hmm. Like when exactly. Max biting into his banana watching the two guys beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> we yeah. know what that means. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Adam does now. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Oh, we funny. know what that means, but now we all know what that means. That's funny. Let's move on to the quotes. I'm about to dump on my score here. I was going to give it a three. I found one or two more I liked. Three and a half out of ten. Yeah, I'm actually going to dock this one a lot because um, I I just think the humor and the classicness of this episode got me to up the quotes. But when I wrote down quotes, I only have seven or eight. So I'm going to actually, I had a seven originally for this, but I'm going to bump it down to a five. Mm-hmm. For the quotes, I think the the funniness doesn't come from the quotes itself. It comes from them being their characters and 
the storyline and all that, which I think I gave a fair enough score for that already. So um, I originally had my quotes a little bit higher too. It was a 7.5, but I bumped it down to a 7 because I still think for quotes-wise, it's pretty average. It's hard to like do worse than $100 Baby in terms of quotes for me personally. Oh, yeah. um, so I can't really give it less than that. But I, I'm, I'm going to rattle off a few quotes that I really liked from this episode if I can. Hit me with them. Um, obviously, terrible. Take a lap. Terrible. Take a lap. I mean, terrible. Come on. Take a lap. Take yes. a lap. I use that every single yeah. day of my life. All the time I use that. That was one of our first criticisms of this show was someone listened to an episode and their reply to us was terrible. Take a lap. Yeah. Come I was on. like, thanks, dad. And his response was, I'm not your dad. <laughs> yep, exactly. Like that's like right. That's one of the quotes I have written down to. That one's funny. Another quote that I love. Um, Look at my team. No, no, you can't. You can't. You can't take all. I can't pick the. You can't pick well, up. You know exactly what you've done, sir. I use that quite a bunch too. <laughs> uh, yeah. So while we bring that up, can we talk about that situation? Because that's hilarious. Sure. So they have there's 12 kids that they're picking. They go to draft their teams and they pick the five black kids that are standing there. Obviously, that's racist. That was in and of itself bad. But I think it's even funnier that they don't even just pick a sixth kid. Mm. Like you have to just make even teams. Like they straight up didn't even say, "All right, we're gonna take all five black kids and someone else and have six on six. They yeah. literally were like, "No, we <laughs> just need noticed. the five black kids. Yeah. Five is five. Yeah, they just need the five black kids, and then they have the seven other kids that are like, "All right, we don't need them." Oh no! Like they couldn't even make it six on six. To be fair, they're not very smart people. No, and th- I think that uh, was kind the, of on the purpose game. again. But point point of clarification: the problem D had with with them is is that he picked them all at once, right? You can't you can't pick consecutively like that. Yeah, they got trade off picking. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's <laughs> oh my joke. goodness. Yeah, I never noticed that. Oh my goodness, I never did the math. That is, ooh, brilliant. So, uh, I was I still have a few more quotes I, w- I want to share. Um, uh, first of all, the I don't know kid. I say I don't know all the time. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I love that. Um, also, the the template line. E- I'm going to blank the shit out of this blank. I'm going to coach the shit out of this team. That's a very It's Always Sunny quote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we see this in this episode. Yeah. Um, thanks, Dad. I'm not your dad. I don't really use that, but it is funny. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> that situation is just pretty funny. Um, I threw it on there because I felt like I had to. It's not like a legendary one. So you know what? I'm going to go back from my seven up to a 7.5 again. I know, as we're reading expl- off these yeah. quotes, I might go back up to a six. But like, real quick, some- I have a couple more. When they're like, uh, he's like, are you guys drinking the Red Bull? Come on, chug them down. I feel sick. That's the vitamins ripping out the inside of your stomach. That's a good thing. Trust me. I was <laughs> like, Jesus. Like, that's classic. Even just classic character Mac, too. But They also say, what are you, handing down life lessons again? Oh, yeah, that's another one that gets used handing a lot. Handing down the life Ad- lessons. It adds into the continuity, and that one is one I use all the time. Not rum hand, time, rum hand and wild lot. cards. We're handing down life lessons. And then, yeah, another quote. I don't think we brought it up yet, but. Um, why do you expect, Charlie? Why would you tell the judge you were drunk? Because I was drunk, Dave. Well, why would you say that? Well, I thought that would get me off the hook. That it seems like, like yeah. that one's funny with Charlie, too. And uh, when they're setting up uh, Frank's Vietnam escapades. You know these guys? Yeah, from Nam. You were in Vietnam? Man, hey, don't get excited, Mac, all right? He was in Vietnam 10 years ago on a business trip. Beautiful country. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm back to a seven. I don't know why I doubted myself. I'm back to a seven on the quotes. Nice. Yeah. There, there was a decent amount there. Reason prevailed. Reason will prevail. Doesn't it always. Did. I I didn't even get my favorite one in when Charlie gets the waitress's phone number. 
Yes. He's, he's so close. It's kind of it's it's creepy, but it's like I don't know how I feel about that. It's one of those jokes that like when you think about it more, the more you're like, wow, that's really the implications of that joke is like really funny. Sitting there at his because now I'm imagining Charlie sitting there on his phone like ring ring. Hello? That's not her. Hang up. <laughs> Try a new number. Ring ring. Hello? Nope, that's not it. Cross that one off. New number. It's amazing he knows numbers enough to do that and you know reliably i guess he's illiterate not dyslexic isn't it funny that he doesn't that he knows the word platonic but he does he's completely illiterate yeah yeah that was that was interesting yeah that was funny i wasn't yeah did he use it properly is that the exact proper use of it? yeah he used it properly too was he repeating her she didn't use that before did she no i don't think he was talking to her he's talking to the gang no he i thought that's when he was talking to the waitress yeah at the, that's still at the AA meeting. It just floored me that he knew that word. Yeah, like I said, I, I would I would almost want to rewatch it real quick to find out if he was just repeating something she said, and that's how he knew it. Because mm-hmm. if he did just know it on his own, yeah, that's an interesting word to know and just be completely illiterate outside of that. Knowing the show though, probably went right over our head that someone used it earlier in the episode, and he does it. Cause that would be my guess, but I don't know for sure. And Charlie does do that a lot, where he'll see someone doing something and he goes to copy it, like in um. I brought this up a couple times now. Flowers for Charlie, when uh, he's using his, when he has the accent at the end, you realize it's because the other scientists had accents. So he's like, oh, accent equals smart person. Right. And sometimes it pays off if he does it well, like in this situation, if he was copying someone, he used it right. But in some situations, it's obvious that you're just like, all right, you're only copying them because you think it's the right way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're going to find out on that. We'll we'll get back to our awesome fans on that one. All right, I'll change my score as well, you guys. Hey, let's let's bump it up to a four. I'm not oh, bumping shit. it up much, oh, but we'll shit. we'll go from a three and a half to a four out of ten for the quotes. So mm. one one last time, uh, seven, seven point five, seven seven and a half, and a four on the quotes. Pile together the quotes, characters, story, jokes, all that good stuff. You have the overall humor of this episode. Basically, how much did it make us laugh, start to finish? What'd you guys think? In the beginning, I mean, the cold opening definitely made me laugh. I love it. I love the gag of like, of they say something and then um, the, the cold opening ends and the title card plays and it's the exact opposite of what they just said or what they just did. Mm-hmm. That gets me every time. And if, mm-hmm. if, the, if an episode doesn't have that, I don't usually um, love it. Um, that being said, this episode did that with the cold opening. It wasn't so hilarious, but the humor built up so well. So well to the point that when Charlie, you know, broke into the game and did the entire game playing against the kids as the ref, the the entire episode set that up so well that I have to give this this um, this humor category an eight. An eight because you you see how it builds up, and I I I I bellowed, I laughed so hard when because I forgot that he steals the ball and just chucks it at the the backboard. That's so funny. These are little kids. Yeah, no, I originally, like, overall, I think that this episode would have been a six for overall humor, and the exact same reasons for you, the cold opening, that opening scene, and then, yeah, the end basketball game. Just those two just had me dying every single time. They always will also, when love them pi- both, so it, it, it bumped it up to a seven. And when they're picking out the kids for the teams, yeah, um, they don't even talk, like, they barely acknowledge the, the, gam- the Vietnamese gamblers, but they do in, in a little bit. There's just so much that, like, is so funny in this episode that's not necessarily just quotes. I think we're on the same page here. I gave it a seven for the overall humor as well. 
It's like I said at the beginning of this episode, technically, it's funny from start to finish. The beginning opening scene is funny. The ending opening scene is probably the funniest moment in season two. Mm. At, at least that we've seen thus far. Oh, yeah. But the, the middle is average at best. So the most I can give it is average at best, I think. Okay. Okay. That's all right. Right. So seven out of ten on the overall humor for everyone here in this circle? I don't give it an eight, right? Oh, an eight? I gave Sorry. it an eight. I gave it a seven, but yeah, seven, seven, eight. I did not expect to hear I'm, you say seven there, Donnie. What, what, hit me one more time on the logic with a seven for the humor, but you almost gave like tens for everything else. Because uh, like I said, I think that this was just classic. It's always sunny. And I have to acknowledge that, like I said, the first time I saw this episode, it wasn't just pure humor. There's not raw jokes. There's not just like, it's just not pure comedy, I don't think. And it, it was only funny and good to me. Because of how much I like the characters and how much I thought the characters acted like themselves. So that's why I said I, I think I could have technically given the humor an eight or nine and knocked down the story one or maybe taken away from the quotes another one or something like that. But I tried to even out the score and it, it did keep me laughing the entire time. And like I said, at the end, in tears every time with the basketball scenes, like it's got to be up there. <laughs> definitely above, definitely above average. I'm going to be honest. I might bring mine down to a 7.5. I, I know it's weird, but I'm, I'm thinking like I, I did love the ending of this episode. And as much as I've, I respect and appreciate how the humor was built up for the end, it still wasn't like totally laugh out loud the entire time. So I'm going to go down to a 7.5 just because I want to um, um, have some credibility for the rest of the show and podcast. Uh, <laughs> partially. <laughs> nope, it's gone. Nope. So as 7.5 as, for the humor. As soon as you give the 10 out of 10, all credibility goes out the window. <laughs> I don't think I've done... Has anyone done a 10 out of 10 yet? I was going to attempt to give Dennis and D. Go on welfare a 10 out of 10. Yeah. Then I settled for 9 out of 9, and then you guys talked me down to below that. I don't remember what that was. But no 10 out of 10s yet, if you guys are curious. For any categories? Or you're just talking about Oh, there the have episodes. been 10 out of 10s oh, okay, for categories. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was making sure. I was like, really? I'm pretty okay. sure we're like wild cards have been a couple 10 out of okay. 10s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've seen examples of 10 out of 10 so far. Not as an average score. I'm still uh, wanting to see that. Other things you're going to want to see are the wild card, bitches! It's the wild card spot. You can uh, do whatever you want here in this category. Give points, take points, many point. I don't know. Uh, what do you guys give the wild card? We're always stealing Adam, so I think maybe we should let Adam go first here. So wild card is always difficult for me because I want to give it more points for a reason, but I also want to go with the joke that I want to make. So I'm giving this a 7 out of 10 for wild cards. Uh -huh. 5 because I counted 5 Vietnamese men gambling in the gym auditorium. <laughs> uh, and an extra two because I don't know if you guys noticed at the end, but the dad, there were two dads in the audience fighting each other. <laughs> um, and I just, that always makes me like think of South Park. So I added an extra two for the dads. So total of seven. <laughs> That's great. For the, for the awesome background characters. Yeah, there's so much in this episode that like if you watch again, and that's why I want to give it. I want to give it some good points for wild cards because there's a lot of wild moments where you don't really look at um, or or notice, and I love that. But the, I didn't notice those dads fighting in the end. Watch it. Go watch it. Better have watched it. But yeah, um, I this wild card for me is kind of just personal. Uh, like I said, this was the first episode that I ever saw 
and uh, it made me not like the show and not ever want to watch it again. And now, <laughs> and, and now we're and now we're full circle here, and it's damn near one of my favorite episodes, and it only gets better. So for that, I had to boost the score and give it a ten out of ten for the wild card. There it is. He was asking <laughs> if it had happened yet. He wanted to be the first. I want. Well, I almost wanted to make sure I wasn't the first because I almost don't know if this is for sure worthy or not. But um, ooh, it's worthy if you make it worthy. Uh, all right, it's worthy then. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I give it, I was going to give it three game ejections out of 10, blow the whistle, you're out of here. <laughs> but, uh, same problem that Adam had. I feel like that wasn't enough points. I wanted to give it some more. So I just doubled it. Six game ejections out of 10, blow oh, the yeah. whistle. Yeah. You're out of here. <laughs> and is, isn't that like baseball that he's was that he was referencing? Wasn't that like um, a thing? It's interesting. Cause I mean, like I could technically be both. I mean, like. In NBA, you get ejected, but no ref is sitting there actually doing the motion like that. That's more of an umpire thing. That's what I was yeah. gonna say. That it looked like he was trying to be an umpire yeah. more than a. It's referee. like it's like from what was that? Uh, the Naked Gun, when mm. uh, Leslie Nielsen's character plays the referee or the ump for the baseball game, uh-huh. and just so such a ridiculous like person. And that I love that. And actually, like Charlie Kelly's character, the ref, reminds me of that. Uh, that's that scene in Naked Gun. There's another 80s homage for you. I don't think they were doing that on purpose, but I always think about that. So now that we've crunched the numbers and averaged our scores as much as we can, uh, we are going to place this episode on the list of lists. The whole reason we're here, we have 13 entries now here on the list of lists, guys, and this entry is going to be The Gang Gives Back is our second favorite episode on the list of lists between the three of us we gave an average score of 7.7 now keep in mind the dish of the day is missing from this group and he notoriously gives the lowest scores out of the four of us so there's a good chance that uh in our season finale we're gonna see this episode drop down the list but for right now season two episode six is number two on the list of lists for us 7.7 out of 10 IMDb does not agree with us. The fans have placed this episode right in the middle, uh, 8.5, with only 2,000 votes, which is pretty low for IMDb. So The Gang Gives Back is the seventh uh, on the fan rankings. So second for us, seventh for the fans. I think this is one of the few times we've seen our score go above. Well, it didn't go above, but uh, the placement is Mm -hmm. higher on the list. So I was the most critical with 6.4. Donnie liked this episode the most with 8.4. And Adam, somewhere in the middle, 7.5. Look at you, happy medium. And of course, the dish of the day still missing. We'll have to uh, get his score as soon as possible. So stay tuned for that. We're going to get the dish of the day back with us. And it's going to be a good time. Delicious. It's going to be delicious is what it's going to be. So, what we need you to do now, if you made it all the way through, thank you so much for listening. We need you guys to head over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, hit subscribe. While you're over there on Apple Podcasts, if you got an Apple account, please, please, please drop a five-star review. It helps us out so much. And take a screenshot of your review, send it to Twitter and Instagram, at alwayssunnypod, or email us, alwayssunnypod at gmail.com, and we will send you and Ongo Galblogian stickers. I got some hats that we're designing here, so be sure to follow us at Always Sunny Pod, Twitter and Instagram. Let us know what you think. You can help us pick some designs. 
And of course, if you want to see the full list of lists every other episode that we've reviewed so far, head to our subreddit, r always sunny pod where you can find more talk about it's always sunny in philadelphia great questions polls all fun stuff like that rumham.transistor.fm is our website all the platforms we're on all the links all that good stuff that's enough talking for now thank you guys so much for listening shout out to uh the wildcard crew for listening and uh participating in on our weird polls we're growing, guys. We're getting on the charts. It's a good time. And uh, yeah, you know, this is by fans of It's Always Sunny for fans of It's Always Sunny. Thank you. We love you. Love you guys. Uh, see you in a couple weeks here. Yeah, why not? All right, let's do it. See you guys very soon. Rumham and Wild Cards is produced, directed, and edited by me. Braden Plegmacool. Donnie Crunkleton is our associate producer, and this episode was written and hosted by me, Braden Plegmacool, Donnie Crunkleton, and the Adam Rothbord. Thank you.